0: Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good morning again, and welcome to the First Baptist Church here in the hills of Coleraine, Massachusetts. We're so thankful that you're tuning in and listening, wherever you may be going to be uh, reading half of chapter 12 of the book of Hebrews today. And the title of this message will be A Race Must Include Discipline. A Race Must Include Discipline. The Christian life can be described as a race. And those Christian Jews that received this letter were tempted to quit that Christian race of faith and turn back to Judaism. So the writer, and we don't know who the writer is, encourages those Christian Jews to keep on running the race and to not give up. I'm going to ask Joe to read the scriptures this morning.
1: Good morning. Chapter 12, it's going to be on page 877 in the hymnals in the pew. If you don't have it already. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from the sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten that the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however... It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level the path of your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. Praise be God to the Word of God.
0: Thank you, Joe. And uh, on Good Friday at 2 o'clock afternoon service, Joe will be bringing the message. He'll be preaching that, that day. So we we'll look forward to that. So a race must include discipline. The great uh, cloud of witnesses mentioned here are probably those we read about in the 11th chapter, those Old Testament saints who bear witness of their faith that pleased God. And as the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we must lay aside every weight that hinders our progress in this Christian race. A runner in training will use weights that can build strength. I remember back in years and years ago, Muhammad Ali who was Cassius Clay, Prior to that, he used to have these weights on his legs when he went running. And it made him more stealthy and swift when he was in the ring. Lay aside all these weights. Weights are intended to build strength, but they can also impede the progress in the race itself. You know, if you're going to go for a 100-yard dash or 100 meters, whatever it is, or a marathon, you don't wear a suit of armor. You're not going to get very far, so you lay those aside. You cast those off. We lay aside every sin in our lives that impedes our spiritual progress. We need to examine ourselves to see what sin is keeping us enslaved to it, to give us the victory over besetting sins We must look unto Jesus and the price that he paid on that cross. You can't focus on what Jesus went through on the cross and enjoy a darling sin at the same time. There you'll find the victory. The victory was accomplished on the cross. Not only to save our souls, but also to save us from our sins. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. What he started, he will finish. Christian race began, our Christian race began when we received Jesus Christ as our personal savior. It's an individual choice that we have to make and it's the right choice. And he will help us finish the race that he began. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus not only began his race, but he finished it triumphantly. He finished the course It started initially in heaven. He came down, became a human being, born of the Virgin Mary, lived 33 years, went to the cross, was buried, rose again, ascended into heaven, and that's where he is now. He finished the course, and at no time did he falter. At no time did he turn back, like these Hebrew Christians were tempted to do. He endured the cross, and he despised the shame, willingly, willingly, in order to bring us to God. Now exalted, seated at the right hand of the Father, he forever lives to make intercession for us having completed the race. No one ever endured such hostility from sinners as Jesus did. Amen. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So whenever we grow weary and discouraged in our Christian race, We should always remember what Jesus went through when he suffered and died because we'll never go through what he went through. Amen. Although we struggle with sin, we've not yet resisted to the point of shedding our blood like Jesus did. But we will face, if you haven't already, persecution, testing, Trials, sickness, pain, and sorrow. So cheer up. (laughs) However, suffering and trials can be a blessing in disguise. And disappointments can be God's appointments. Remember that one. Disappointments can be God's appointments. He can use the unpleasant circumstances of life and discipline to mould us to be more like his son. He is the potter and we are the clay. Amen? He wants to mould us. He wants to conform us to be more like his son. And he's not going to give up trying to do that. We have to come in line with what he's trying to do. Now it talks about discipline now. In verse 6, the writer quotes from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, where God addresses his readers as sons. Sons. And he warns them about despising his discipline or losing courage under his rebuke. If they rebel or give up, they'll lose the benefit to learn some valuable lessons that God is trying to teach them that will help them in their life of faith. One purpose of Christian discipline and we'll all be disciplined, is to develop our character, to develop our character. God allows trials in our lives to strengthen our commitment to Jesus Christ. And we'll often learn more during the trials we face and the struggles that we have than during the easy times when everything is going smooth, with no problems. We learn more during the trials. And sometimes we need to be disciplined more severely due to our stubborn will. That's opposed to God's will. And when we sin, I said not if, I say when, the Holy Spirit who lives in you if you've been born again he'll give us a rebuke of conviction he'll point things out that are ungodly or unholy and if we resist and persist in that rebellion that darling sin whatever it is sometimes he'll have to take us to the woodshed and give us a good whooping metaphorically speaking God's discipline is to encourage us to build us up in the faith, not to tear us down, to strengthen our faith, not to make us weak. So we should submit, not resist. We should submit to God's discipline. If we want to grow in our faith and have peace of mind, if a Christian is constant, constantly living in sin and he's being convicted constantly of living in that sin but he's not willing to give up, they don't have peace of mind. They just don't because you grieve in the Holy Spirit. People out of fellowship with God don't have peace of mind. If we continue to stubbornly resist because we all have a free will, if we continue to stubbornly resist, God will only prolong the disciplinary process. God will have his way. And God will not give up on us if we're his children. Just like if you're a parent, you love your children. You don't give up on them. And it proves that because he's working with us as his children, it proves that we are his children it proves that God really loves us because if he didn't love us, he wouldn't care about us. To help us walk the line. It's that song from uh, Johnny Cash. Gotta walk the line. And if we are without chastening, without discipline, when we need it, which we do, then we're not saved. A professing Christian who has never experienced the discipline of God, is not a true child of God. Because God disciplines those that he loves. The fact that our Heavenly Father chastens us, chastises us, disciplines us, is evidence that we are part of his family. Amen? So in verse 9 and 10, the writer compares parental discipline to God's discipline. We may have had human fathers. In fact, we all had a human father. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here, right? They corrected us. Or they should have done when we got out of line. I don't know what your story is. You're going to have to tell me later. But my dad, he, I can't remember ever being spanked, but when I got out of line, all he needed to do was rip off this thick belt that he got during the Second World War, off some Nazi probably. He'd wrap it around his wrist, his knuckles, and he'd wave this thing, the tongue of that belt. And that's all he needed to do. And then I behaved. (laughs) Inwardly, no. But outwardly. And I I think I'd probably be better if he followed through instead of threatening me, to be honest with you. Mm. Because that only leads to resentment. So follow through, parents. Don't threaten your children. Follow through. Our human fathers corrected us. Some went overboard. And the purpose of our Heavenly Father is to do the same, to train us up, to walk the line, to grow in faith and enjoy life to its fullness. Jesus came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. Right? Christian life is a great the greatest thing on earth to be a Christian. It really is. Abundant life. Now, God chastens us, chastises us, disciplines us for our own good in order to make us holy. Holy. However, when a believer refuses to submit to the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the chastening of the Father, he may have to deal with us more severely, and he will, But in the initial stages, the first stages of God dealing with rebellious believers, we have the opportunity to confess our sin and then turn from it. To turn from it. It's called repentance. But when the rebellious Christian continues to persist in sin, and continues to live in rebellion against their heavenly father, what they do, they bring reproach against the name of Jesus to the cause of Christ by their attitude, by their lifestyle. People can see how they're living. It brings reproach to the name of Christ. And God's not going to stand for it too long even though he's ultimately very, very patient. As a result, there's going to come a time that God will take out that rebellious saint. He will take the rebellious saint out of this world because they don't honour God. They don't live for God. They're a bad testimony for Christ. And they're just taking up space. They're just taking up space. And God will take them out. We know this happens from many examples in the Bible. Samson was one example. God took him out. He wasn't living for God. He wasted his life. Moses didn't enter into the promised land because he disobeyed God. When he struck a rock to get water out because of his temper, instead of doing God what told him to do and speak to it, Moses would have lived a much longer life if he hadn't have rebelled against God. And God took him out and he never entered into the promised land. We read in the New Testament about two Christians, a married couple called Ananias and Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Spirit and they dropped down dead because they weren't willing to confess their sin. They lied to the Holy Spirit and they died prematurely. God took them out. Believers in Corinth, referred to as the carnal church, Who took the Lord's Supper, the communion, in an unworthy manner. What did they do? They ate like gluttons, and they got drank on communion wine in an unworthy manner. They suffered the consequences. The Apostle Paul tells us that. This is why we need to examine himself, he said. Let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. Listen. For this reason many are weak and sick among you and many die. God took them out. Many of them got sick. Hopefully they repented, but many of them died because they were eating and drinking and not honouring the Lord during the communion. So the discipline of our human parents was not perfect and it only lasted for a while, thank God. However, God's discipline never stops And it's always perfect. He knows exactly what we need. His love is infinite. And his wisdom is infallible. His chastening is never a result of vengeance. But it's always for our good. Have you ever undergone a period of discipline? From the Lord in your life? Or if you're a true born again Christian, you have, or you may have. In fact, some of us may be experiencing a time of discipline in our lives now. If so, that should encourage you to know how much God loves you, He's dealing with you as sons and daughters that you are truly a child of God, that should encourage you to know. He's, steering, he's trying to steer you back onto the right track. Get back in the race. You could, in order to, get on, to win that race, you've got to be on the track, the right track. Get back in line, in fellowship with Jesus so you can have true peace and abundant life in the Christian race of faith. And that doesn't end until we all cross the finishing line. Amen? And one day we'll all cross the finishing line because what the Lord began, He will complete. Let me close. He said, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. I used to have the unfortunate responsibility as a father to spank my children and it depends on the child and some will respond to a spanking with a paddle or something like that you don't want to hurt your hand if you're smart and others you just take away their toys or put them in the room and it depends on the child and I had the misfortune of giving my beloved son Luke many many spanks And it paid off. He thanks me for that. And I say, it's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. And he says, yeah, right. (laughs) But I I hated doing it. But I knew that I had to follow through for his own benefit. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. But painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. And peace for those who have been trained by it. We're in training. Let's keep on running the race. Because one day we're going to cross the line. And then we'll see the Lord face to face. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful again to be here. We thank you. So much for those that have taken the time to watch this broadcast and to listen, wherever they may be, through Christian Radio, WLPV. And help us to, uh, to walk the line by your grace. Help us to resist um, the wiles of the devil that seeks to bring discouragement And um, help us not to resist uh, doing what's right in order to be more conformed to the image of your dear son, the Lord Jesus. Help us to persist and not turn back, to keep on running the race by your grace and to cast off every sin that uh, entangles us in order to defeat our Christian experience. And we are thankful that we've been saved through grace, through faith, that not of ourselves, a gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Maybe somebody listening to this message, wherever you may be, you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal savior. You know, he loves you so much that he died for you on that cross he shed his blood he took the punishment that you deserve so you wouldn't have to go to a lost eternity and be separated from god forever and ever if you call upon jesus call upon his name to save you to save your soul and that prayer is heartfelt and genuine and that you believe that he died for you that he was buried And that he rose again from the dead and is alive. You tell somebody you believe that and receive him as your saviour, then you will be saved and you'll pass from death unto life and you can never perish. And then live for Christ and honour Christ with your life and run the race until he takes you home across the finishing line. Amen. 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 Those of you that are watching on YouTube and Facebook, if you like this message, give us a thumbs up, a like, and also subscribe to First Baptist Church channel. Thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.